Hi, beautiful souls. It's Marcia C with another favorite rerun episode. This episode is Her Fear Entanglement with Ginny and Amanda. This is such an awesome episode because I love how we dissect the concept and the aspect of fear and how it shows up in our life. And just to be able to identify it from different avenues because you know fear would want to sneak in, right? And so here are my takeaways from this episode. The episode highlights the power and the frequency of fear. So we can understand the frequency that it operates in. I love how it, it talks about how we approach it. Do we just jump into faith in it and, and want to overtake it? Or do we approach it slowly? And do we approach it slowly with love? How do we approach fear? And finally, I love the fact that we, we were able to discuss to just to see it from a space of gratitude instead of resisting it. It is important to know the way we embrace fear or shows up for fear also determines how we overcome it. I can't wait to hear your takeaway from this episode. As always, see your light, be your light. One love. So I'm going to share with you ladies just a little bit as to why this topic has been in my heart space for a long time. And it is something that I wanted to have the right person to talk, to discuss it with, so I can even have more of an understanding of what's going on even within me. Because fear had played such many roles in my life. I was bedridden by fear so much that even if I'm experiencing someone else's fear that is projecting, I am even welcoming that fear to be in my space, right? I had a love-hate relationship with it. I use it as an excuse. I also use it as a protector to cover up my procrastination tendencies. I gave fear freedom to roam and fill any void that was within my life that needed to be filled. It became my friend that knew all my secrets, all my secrets, and still wanted to hang out with me, still wanted to be with me. It became my lover. And believe it or not, I was so fine with walking with it was sharing the better part of myself with fear. I was in an entanglement and didn't realize I was in an entanglement until breast cancer came. Breast cancer came at age 40 and shifted everything for me. When I started to connect with myself more and hear myself, I realized that fear really wasn't all the things that I just described. It's, I gave it too much power and now I had to figure out how to take that back. And that in itself was difficult and is still difficult to even today. And so I am really excited that we get to jump into this and to dissect it for those uh, soul seekers out there that probably are in the same position, the love-hate relationship, and trying to figure out how do I move forward. So I would love to hear about your dance. What's your dance with fear like? Yeah, we have dance parties a lot. You have dance parties a lot with fear. It's really fascinating listening to that was so beautifully worded and it struck such a chord with me because the way you speak about fear, which I realize now too, the two things are entangled, right? I that's how I speak about alcohol. Through fear was also my friend that stayed around, you know, my my go-to, never left my side, seemed to give me the temporary thing I was seeking for out the gate, but never left. It became absolutely an affair. You know, it became a relationship. Yes. That separate. And it was like an affair because I was 
separate from my husband, from those who loved me and those around me. And I know for sure that was 100% in my mind, the, the anecdote to resolve the fear, you know, that was going on internally for sure. I've just recently, Amanda and I, we did a podcast. Our last, our last episode was on codependency and, you know, realizing how much of that is in my behavior also stemming from fear. So I've come to realize that fear and masking it and having the ability to kind of play charades with it has been something of an, you know, somewhat of an art form for me my whole life. And in looking back, I grew up a very anxious child, which stems from fear. I was afraid of everything. I was afraid of the, I was afraid of getting kidnapped. I was certain that was going to be me, right? I was in that of being four and five and just afraid of a lot, afraid of the world. So being able to eventually find something that seemed to temporarily and falsely numb it out, they seem to go hand in hand and knowing that being someone who is, you know, today, today, thank God, recovering from, you know, in recovery from alcoholism, but fear was at the root of that. And it was 100% and something that it was bigger than me. It was much bigger than me. And that at the time and looking back at those times and the level of kind of heavy, dark places that I walked myself down, by the way, just fear and I, you know, it was like, but very much the way you just described it. So there's, I mean, I think the biggest part, the biggest outright, you know, parts of my life I could see surrounding fear. They have so much to do with that period in my life, but also realizing it's just, it's been, it's been there for me. The better part of my life as my character and my, my skills I was looking for to survive were developing. Fear was right there. So it's at the middle of a lot of things for me. And as I'm now just about ready to start working into some of those codependency thoughts and, and the behaviors that I have of taking care of everyone else and putting myself on the back burner are definitely, you know, all of those things were rooted in fear as well. So it's very on the surface for me right now. And I feel like I've been asking for it. I've been asking and asking the universe and asking God and asking my ancestors on my behalf to like, let me face these things. And they have not let me down. I, I would just say to myself, I mean, that's bold. That's a bold request right there. Uh -huh. And I just said, can you do that, Marcia? And here you go, fam. I don't know. <laughs> but that is very bold, Jenny. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's because I realize it's still blocking up the parts of me that are going to make me complete. And I'm on this mission to try to leave my, you know, leave as much of myself here on this earth as I can before I'm physically done here. And I've had to really face the fact that there are things surrounding fear and that if I want to become all that, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to excavate more. When I thought I had done a lot of, plenty of excavating, turns out I haven't. So yeah, yeah. that's where I'm at with fear. Yeah, Jenny, when you were, when you were saying, you were, you're walking hand in hand with fear. I, I pictured you and fear walking along a nice sunlit beach, you know, like sun, sun setting and just this beautiful romantic scene, you and fear. And then I was, and then I was thinking about the ocean, right? And the waves. Ginny loves metaphors. So she can probably fill this better than me. Metaphor Ginny. We call her Metaphor Ginny on our show. <laughs> the ocean. Fear is like the ocean for me. You know, like these, the buildup of the wave, right? Getting to the crest is my anxiety. It's just, it's building, it's building, it's building. And, and then it just breaks and it pummels me, right? Because I think when I'm in the anxiety, 
it's kind of protecting me from acknowledging what the fear really is. Like I get some kind of anxious feeling and that actually motivates me. You know, I don't want to be in that anxiety. So I want to figure it out. I want to figure it out. So then I get to this like crescendo, this big crest, fear reveals itself, what, what you know, what it is. And I, then I usually get pummeled, right? And I'm like, you know, in my head or I'm, I'm just a mess for like a little while. And then it kind of smooths out again. And then it's like calm. Then the waters are calm. And then I see, uh-oh, on the horizon, another one, another wave is building, right? Like it, it's not ever going to go away, right? I say fearlessness is a myth. I don't think fearlessness actually exists. I think we were given the fear instinct in our brains for a reason, a very good reason, and it served us when it, when we needed to. We talk also in our show, like running from the buffalo, right? Like when you're like a caveman, like you're, you, you can't cry in front of this thing. Like fear kicks in, right? Fear kicks in and you're out of there. Like you're off. So it's a survival instinct that no longer really needs to be here. It worked for a while and it doesn't, we don't, we don't need it anymore. We just don't know how to get, get out of it, right? If you think about it, we've been surviving with these certain instincts for so long thousands and thousands of years. And now we're living in a time when that shift, when we're being challenged to get rid of this stuff because we're realizing it leads to addiction. It leads to mental illness. It leads to suicide. It leads to all these terrible things. And now we have enough information to know, okay, this is no longer okay. Like this is not serving me. This is killing me. It's killing other people. Like Judy talked about our, our alcoholism. We're both sober and alcoholism really underneath what it really is. It's fear. It's resentment, and, and underneath resentment is fear, right? If ever we're upset with anything, anything going on with ourselves or with others or with the world, it's all fear. So like opening up, I love how you opened up with that intention for the war. You know, I'm a little like torn up about that today. Like I'm emotional and I'm like, why am I so emotional today? And it's, it's, it's the war. I mean, let's not forget Russia, Ukraine, they're still in a war. Like there's so many wars going on and it, it's just so senseless. Yeah, it's just that... Even if, no matter how far you are, it's just the energy of it. It's kind of like you could feel it, you could smell yeah. it, you could yeah. taste that fear over there. And it's like so many beautiful souls that are there that all they want to do is to survive so they too can become what they're supposed to be. Didn't yeah. have that opportunity because of fear. And that in itself even will make me look within and say, dude, do you see how this is bigger? Just like you said, this way bigger, the little fear that I have is nothing compares to that, that, that individual, those individuals are experiencing right now. I have a friend whose daughter lives in Israel and uh, she's in a safe house, her and her, her baby, you know, and it's really just, I can't even wrap my head around that. Like thinking that, wait a minute, I could get bombed at like any minute. Right, like we are so blessed. I woke up. I told my girls this morning, like, we, like how lucky are we that we have even just a supermarket, like three minutes away, where we can go and get fresh strawberries. Like people are not living like that. Like these people are living moment to moment. Like the, you know, where am I going to get my next meal? Like everything's in flux. Everything's crazy. Right? There's so much, and the fear of really, I guess, the war stemmed from you know power. Right? Wanting. Right, Gaza, like they, they're fighting over the Gaza Strip, right? Isn't that what's going on in Palestine and, and, and Israel? Yeah, so it's, it's this, this, this fear that's driving this need for power, right? Like, where are we going to be? Many, yeah, years and years and years ago, the Palestinians, they, they got kicked out basically of their, of their own land. And then, it, of course, it happens to be that one area where there's so many, oddly enough, right, all, the, all these religious 
really meaningful religious places, you know, and that on all ends for Muslims, Christians, that whole space right there. So it's almost like they're talking about fighting back or, or, or all the repression they've experienced all these years. And think of the buildup of that for this many people to gather with this much anger and this much resentment, like we talked about, that you're going to just automatically say, it's been years of this, we're not going to take it anymore. Now we're going to take it relentlessly out on completely innocent civilian people. Like that's a lot of fear and anger right now, years and generations of it. So yeah, that's what it goes back to, right? The, the resentment and the fear. They're, they're, they're pissed at each other. They're like, and Israel is like, enough, like enough. Like here we come, like we're done. Like another friend of mine, she's Orthodox back in New York and she, she put out something on, on Instagram like, it's this or we just keep crying. Like we just, we just keep crying. Like what, what do we, what do we, they're pushed. They're pushed to the edge, right? And there's only, I guess, so much of that that you can take. So I understand logically why it has to happen, but it just feels just so wrong. Like it just, it feels like an affront to my soul. It feels like my spirit is just like weeping. Like it's just so sad. Because it's not contained. You can't contain it. You can't contain the vibration of that fear spreading. You know, like, honestly, like even right now I'm talking, like I am choked up. My everything, my soul is just like, it is, and especially when you become uh, when you're more connected and you're super sensitive to the energies, it hits you even. Ugh, ooh, yes, yeah. I've noticed. I've noticed that the longer I'm on my spiritual journey, the more sensitive I am because the more open I am to feeling other energies. And then you know, and then of course you have to do the work to protect yourself and to not let everything in. But at some point, sometimes I I need to feel that right. Some I think all the stuff that we view as as bad or negative, such as fear also serves me in a way. So you believe that too, Marsha? Well, you just went into the next part of it. So go ahead, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> I have a knack for that. Yes, because I would say, let's get into the vibration of it. Is it, you know, because when we hear the word fear, we always associate it has a negative connotation. Does it, re does it serve us only in that way? Or sometimes is it here for another reason, another purpose? And that's exactly what you're about to tap into. So go ahead. It, 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 it's there to wake me up. It's like a little knock on the door saying, okay, you need to pay attention to this. Like this is something that your soul needs to heal from. This is something maybe that you've been carrying for many lives. And this is why it's such a scary thing for you, why you feel it's so strong. You know, my particular brand of fear is fear of loss and grief. I have this thing I've, I've unearthed in the past five years since my brother's overdose and death back in uh, March of 2018. I realized that I've been living with this message, a fear, very fear-based message. Everybody leaves you. Everybody hurts you. You need to protect your heart. Love a little bit less. You know, and this was passed down to generations, again, to serve the people that need, needed to serve back in the day when you had like eight kids and, you know, fathers off at war and could die and you got to keep these kids alive. And, you know, there's a lot of infant mortality and, and you know, mothers dying, giving birth. There was a lot of death. I mean, think, people were getting sick. I'm reading uh, Withering Heights right now by Emily Bronte. And like, I'm reading about her, her life and she died around 30, you know, she got tuberculosis. Like you just, you just died back in the 1800s. So we needed, I think these instincts and these, these survival things to keep us going, but they no longer serve us. Like I was saying before, and my own particular, you know, brand of fear really is this, this, this loss. And when my brother died, I pushed my husband away. He's 12 years older than me. He's chronically ill from 9-11. He's got respiratory illness. He was a fireman for 20 plus years and was in 9-11. And I didn't realize that unconsciously my brain was trying to protect it, protect myself, my soul. And, you know, you're never going to feel that pain again like you felt when your brother died. 
And, you know, my I don't love you because I told my husband, I don't think I love you. It was really, I'm afraid you're going to die. So it was all fear-based. It was all this fear of I'm not going to be okay or I just don't ever want to feel that. It's so uncomfortable. It's so vulnerable. It's a threat to my children and my survival because when after my brother died, I laid in bed for about three months, couldn't do anything. I took a bath. I uh, went to meetings, recovery meetings, and I laid in my bed and cried and my husband just took care of everything. So I was never going to let that happen again. I was never going to let my children's survival be affected because of my inability to carry on. And I've come to learn through facing the fear, walking through it, embracing, really, that's the word, embracing it instead of resisting. If I'm resisting something, I'm actually giving it more power because I'm not, it's just there and it's growing and it's, it's growing, whether I like it or not, it's growing. So if I, if I could open it up, my arms up, my soul and say, all right, come on in. What you got? What do you got for me? Right? Like, let, let me have it. Right? And know that, yeah, I might be on the floor for a while. I might be devastated. I will be devastated if my husband dies before me. And I'm only 43 years old. There's going to be a lot more tragedies and, and death and stuff. It's just my story. It's just my story. If you look back on my history, I'm sure more is on the way. It's not ending today. So I have to embrace the fact You're that- You're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. It's life. It's life, right? Like, it, you know, it didn't prom- life didn't promise us a bed of roses. Right. It's all of it. It's pain. It's joy. It's all of it, right? So I might be, you know, down for the count for a while, but I'm going to get back up. I'm going to get back up. I'm going to see the fear. I'm going to say, all right, you know, if you, you, you want to be here with me, you know, you could be here with me, but I'm not going to let you paralyze me. I'm not going to let you overwhelm me and overtake me, right? So it's less of this trying to like furiously like rip it out from wherever it's coming from and just kind of give it love, right? Fight it, fight it with its own enemy. Give it love. I right? fear and love. Like, Give it love. Just keep giving it love and say, all right, okay, you're here. Okay, you're here. You know, you're not going to scare me. I love you. I love you. I love you. And eventually, it's going to go away. Or it's going to lessen. It's going to lessen. It's just going to lessen because I'm taking the power away from it. Right. That's How about the ones that, how about the fear that seeps in that you're not able to identify because it came in as a disguise? And so, like, how it's kind of, for some, it may be difficult to be able to identify to say, okay, this is how I'm going to approach you. This is how I'm going to shower you with love just so that you no longer feel as if you have control or rip me into how, what are some of the ways that we can identify the disguises that fear comes with? Things like irritability a lot of time. I think anger, you know, if we're angry at somebody or we're, you know, we're irritable with somebody around us where it's like, gosh, this person just bothers me so much, <laughs> you know, or yeah, a lot of just sudden anger. There's a lot of times I'll find myself angry or frustrated about certain things. And it really is that I'm afraid of something not necessarily working out, you know, as it should. Or I'm afraid that I'm going to fail at something, you know? So it's like there's this this fiery frustration about it, you know? And it's like, oh, I'm just so frustrated and angry and rushing around and not being able, like our nervous system being on high alerts. You know, for me, that sometimes will come out in frustration or, or you know, anger. And, and gen- generally, fear is about you're afraid of something that you're not going to get something that you want or something you have is going to be taken away. If you look at those two things and look at your life honestly and vulnerably and just just open yourself up, and that for me happens in meditation. That is where my answers come. 
right? Like I got to do it sometimes over and over and over and over. I got to sit in that, I call it the meditation cave. I have this little room in my house. That's where we tape our show. We love it down there. I got to go down there as many, for as long as I have to and stay in it, stay in it. So it's like, you can sense it. Like there's like a, a glimmer. There's like this thing of like, like a glimpse, a glimpse of like, all right, I think maybe that's it. But so quickly our, our brains, again, to protect ourselves can push that away. We can just like, right? It's like it's like in 0.25 seconds. We don't even realize it. When you can sense that, you got to practice. It takes practice. Become aware, sense it, and hold on to it. Try and grab it and sit in it and sit in the discomfort for as long as you can. Stay there for, as long, for more to be revealed. And it will. And just uh, to have more clarity for our viewers, when you mention meditation, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're just going to, I mean, a two-hour long meditation. It no. just means that once I've completed, you're just in that space that has been saturated and you just want to be. It's kind of when you hear the word, as they say in church, you hear the word and you let it sit on your heart. It's the same. Exactly, right? And and I'm not a believer that you need to be in the lotus position in quiet, you know, for 30 minutes. Right. I call it, you know just like a walking meditation, basically, of just like walking, moving around like your whole day. Like I can be tuned in and tapped in and just being conscious, just being conscious of what's coming to me and feeling it, letting it come in, embrace it, letting it flow. Just let all these, your thoughts, it's your thoughts, really, your thoughts that come in. Most of them are not just, are not just from your own human brain. They're something, spirit or something, trying to get your attention. And if that thought's coming in over and over and over, pay attention to that. That's where your answer is. So many ways. There's guided meditations everywhere on YouTube. But I, I genuinely think it's, even if it's for a few seconds at a time that we get to that place, meditation to me, and I think I heard Joe Dispenza say that meditation actually means to get to know, something like that. Like that Joe Dispenza had mentioned that it's basically being with yourself. And even if it is that you... If it's listening to an air conditioner vent or cars passing by, anything that can get you to slow your thoughts, focus on your breathing even, because that's in our heads is where all the storm is happening, right? And if we can even for 10 seconds at a time, be the observer and not the thought. That's all of a sudden you get this anchoring of like, oh, wait a second. You, like they talk about the ocean. You know, I remember when I was learning, I was learning transcendental meditation. I learned how to do that, which is incredible. She talked about how there could be a hurricane happening on the surface, but at the depths of the ocean, it's quiet still. We're the same. So that even if in our minds, if we find that anchoring place through breathing, through walking, through a meditation on YouTube, even if it is for 10 seconds that you suddenly can let that nervous system calm down and realize that you're not all the, because we kind of live in our head where it's like, well, I am all these things and we're not. Those are just, you know, that's us being letting the brain dominate everything. So when we can sift through the thoughts and be an observer for just a few seconds at a time. Exactly. I enjoy walking meditation, especially in nature, because it, it, firstly, I love just the sound. I just, I don't get to hear the birds a lot and all that. So when I'm in that space, I'm just being led. Even if I was listening to some form of uh, spiritual music or something, I want to take out my earpiece. I just want to hear the music off the land feel the rhythm of the land. And that allows me to get quiet. Allows I get like a lot of smiles on my face because I'm no longer worrying about whatever it is I have to take care of. I am now, it's kind of like I'm soul connecting, you know? You are one with nature and that is just what we are. 
what's just what we are. We're in that heartbeat and we usually are too busy, you know, to just we're so hectic and chaotic or living in our heads that it's we don't we don't even recognize the connection between us and everything that's happening in nature. Exactly. Exactly. Now, like, see, because we already started talking about the spiritual connection of fear and everything. Here's what I have. Do you see fear as one of a karmic connection that shows up to allow us to become a co-creator? thus remembering or reminding of us to step into a purpose and to get into rather than crippling our soul. Definitely. My, I'm so grateful for my fear. Like, I don't want it to ever go away because like I said, it shows me my purpose, my mission. Like after identifying and understanding and still healing, I mean, healing is just an inevitable, it goes unending, unending process. Um, but from doing a large majority of that work and getting to a much better place, I, I have a purposeful life. I have a mission now to help other people find comfort in all of their emotions to be able to step into whatever it is, joy, love, fear, pain, frustration, anger, whatever it is, and to help people then come to a, a, a more whole version of themselves. So it, it, like I said before, like it motivates me. It definitely, I mean, I've, I've written a book. I started the podcast. I have a blog. Like, like I'm speaking. Like that's like now the fear, if it wasn't for the fear, right. probably wouldn't have this mission. So it's all, it's all, it's all purposeful. Totally. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, The same goes for me here, this podcast in itself, when I was told to to create it, this is after my breast cancer journey. And I ran like I was a bull or a horse yep, in the field yep, yep. because I was so much into my head. And of course, we know that a lot of the things that we add on to the fear that we have ourselves is also fear that was imparted on us by individuals, family members, and everything was a slow buildup. And it became like a big old rock. Right. And so for me, one of the things that I had to do was I had to see the bigger picture. Like, why am I going to do this? Who's going to benefit from it? And even from that, I was still timid. And so uh, Spirit had to send individuals to join me initially. I wasn't doing this by myself. I had my friends to join me. Then after a while, like after a year, I realized that they were getting into other things. Other things came on their plate that I had to do. And I laughed because I realized it was my turn to come forth all the way. And knowing that even if you're still going to feel fear, if you get a little anxiety before each episode, it's quite fine. It's quite fine because it turns out to be beautiful. Like I'm totally enjoying this conversation right now. This is just amazing. And it shows that you care. It shows that you care. I believe that little bit of, like, if we were just walking around, like, good all the time, I don't know. I mean, like, that's ideal, and I guess that's great, but where am I going to grow? How am I going to grow if I'm not pushed or challenged? And and with that push and challenge, naturally, is going to come a little anxiety. It can be a spark. I feel like fear is one of the most transformative energies. If we let it, can literally light the spark to be able to, sometimes things have to come down or be destroyed in order to, within us or around us, you know, to be able to be built into something more authentic and the better version of ourselves. And most of the time, it's fear that is the spark almost every time for me where there's been some high level of transformative awareness. You know, there's always fear there to set that spark ablaze. I want to ask this question because, you know, obviously we know fear can be a physical thing, physically affect our body. I mean, at least for me, I believe part of my getting cancer, because it was not genetically driven, it's because of 
fear and stress and all that emotions that was was locked within me that was not being expressed, right? How can we, everything's about balance. I want to talk about how can we create a balance with our spiritual self and the physical that even if fear comes upon us, we can figure out a way of to, to creating that balance. And, and I mean, outside of meditation, whether it means find a, a circle with like-minded women or individuals that would help to walk with you and stuff. I want to, what would you advise individuals or what have you done that you found to work for you? Well, sharing, definitely sharing with people, women that I su- that, that support me, women that I trust, women that I know that have been through things. Like that's the beauty of being in recovery is that we have such a large circle of, of friends and, and people that know how we're feeling and know what we're going through. So opening up and getting vulnerable, you know, especially first with myself. I do a lot of writing. I write a lot. I try to get to the heart of it. I usually start writing like I'm angry or pissed off at this one or this is going on, or, you know, very kind of human like surface. And then by the end of it, something happens like halfway through the shift occurs where like the truth comes in, the pretense goes away and God, higher power, whatever spirit just starts speaking to me. You know, like sometimes I'll be sitting there and I'll just be like, things will come out of my mouth that I feel like it's like spirit. Like I'm talking to myself. It kind of sounds crazy, but I feel like I'm talking to me. It's like a spirit coming in, like talking to me. So like just getting this stuff out. Right? Has that happened to you? Just like getting this stuff out. Yeah. Getting this stuff out, air it out in 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 the space, right? Put it put it out there. The energy of it is gonna is gonna change, whatever it is. I run also, I exercise. Running definitely helps me to like get out of that space and to just see things more clearly. I just I have to see clarity of of what the situation is because fear also is a liar, you know, like Ginny was starting to say. Like, it's never really what's on the surface. I do a lot of therapy. I'm a big proponent. Well, I've actually stopped. I just did five years. Um, I've been in and out of therapy since I got sober. Um, I think talking to somebody who has a lot of great information on this, like my therapist was telling me things that I was like, oh, like I didn't even see that but like you're so right you know like she went all the way back to usually about your childhood stuff right healing your childhood wounds typically is what's under a lot of this healing you know and i would say just ask yourself the question of like what's more painful is it more painful to stay stuck in this fear or the pain you might feel moving through the fear for for our sisters out there that have experienced trauma and true trauma fear became their biggest advocate. I want to use in it loosely. How how can how can they get through a time of fear and not so much dismissing the trauma itself, but not allowing fear to overcome or shield the perspective of the lesson the trauma came to share? That's a great, great question. And I think there's a lot of ways. And I I completely relate to and understand it resonates with me the question that you ask as many of many people who have gone through different forms of trauma. I think for me, and I've heard Amanda talk about this as well, I think letting myself remember that if it's trauma that's been caused to me or or handed to me, you know, by a, an individual, a person, to remember and really try hard to think about how broken that individual is and or was really allowing myself to remember that there is a completely shattered inner child within them as well. And that for them to be able to either abandon me, harm me, whatever the things are, 
that it is not because of my worth. Because we don't realize that a lot of times we subconsciously will take that in as this must have happened to me because I am not worth better. And we don't even know it. So to maybe really sit with and first off recognize and really genuinely tell ourselves, this didn't happen to me because I deserved it. You know, this didn't happen to me because my, my life itself wasn't worth enough to be around for or to nurture, you know, if it's our parents. It took me a long time to realize that both of my parents had such in- intense trauma themselves, you know, that would cause them to go down the roads that they did. They did not have the tools. So to really, really step outside of that and realize that that, that person, as much as they may have been able to dominate in a, in a way, whether it was my emotions or or for me in a way, they're probably even less in control than I am because I'm sitting here thinking about it, you know, and I'm sitting here trying to face those things. I think that that's a, that's a really, really big part of it. Uh, as Amanda spoke about earlier, it's easy for us to fear fear. Wait, wait, and anticipate it. And instead of anticipate it, maybe let it hit us, you know, like that wave that, that Amanda's talking about and knowing that even if you're going to get tumbled a little bit on that beach, you're going to come back up for air and you're going to be better off for it because I don't think we're able to release it, you know, unless we're really able to sit with it and to know we're going to come out of this okay. And calling upon whatever that is for you, you know, everybody has different religious aspects, whether that be you're praying to God or Jesus is, you know, who you think of or whether, you know, whoever your prophet is or if it's the sky and the earth outside or it's the belief that your ancestors even are, you know, here in spirit to help you to call upon that and to know that no matter what, every single one of us here has, we, that is our, our birthright, that we have that connection to spirit. It doesn't go away ever, uh, no matter what we do, that it is always there. So to start to trust that and build on that relationship and to forgive ourselves too, be gentle with ourselves and, and to know that you too deserve, you deserve this healing. And this didn't happen, you know, because of your worth. This is somebody else's. Someone turned around and handed you their pain. And right, you hear these things generationally go on at times. There's these family, like generational curses and things like that. That we have a chance right now, you know, to whatever that fear is. That if you're even thinking about it, you're somebody who's been given the tools, the strength, and your body came here to be able to handle transmuting it. Not just for you, but you know, generations behind you and generations in front of you. So if you're, if you're even thinking about it and looking at it, you have like that warrior heart that's here to heal it, not just for yourself. Can I, can I add something to that? Yes. So yeah, Jenny, that it sparked this, this thought of if you're listening to this or if you're grappling with this, it's, I almost feel like we have a duty and an obligation to heal our energy because if we're, you know, looking at the chaos, like we're talking about the wars and everything that's going on and the energy, right? If like it's not a new concept, they've been talking about this. Spiritual gurus have been talking about this forever. Law of attraction. We are creating. If we're getting back the energy that we're putting out, it's all the same energy. So the energy out there of the chaos and the pain and the fear is because it's starting within. Is because we're carrying around an energy of chaos and pain and fear. So yes, it's for your healing and it's for your growth, but it's also for the planet. So let that maybe motivate you in terms of like, okay, yeah, I want to do this for me because I want to get out of this feeling and I want to be the best I can be and I want to be whole. But also 
we're all here incarnated at this time right now to do this work. That's it. We're all here right now for this. So I, what pushes me to continue uh, having the, the faith and the trust and the courage to continue doing this work is that there is a something else much bigger depending on me doing this work, right? You ladies are so amazing. Like, oh, Lord of mercy. Let me go on my little pata right now. Lord of mercy. This is so, oh my God. Wow. Whew. And I think a lot of it just has to do with, right, every time, you know, you hear, I, I believe this now in several ways and my mind has opened up that I, you know, I did, I grew up I'm Mexican on one side, Irish on the other, like Catholic, right? But understanding that all these different belief systems and people who are tied to spirit, you know, there's, there's many different, many different ways that we're all connected, you know, in terms of spirit and connected to spirit. You hear it, you know, in Christianity, they say wherever there's two or more gathered in my name, we say it about meetings, two in recovery. All it takes, two people, two people have a meeting. I think in any way, shape or form, and you know, the three of us are here together right now. We're tapping into that healing place because it's what we're meant to be doing. This episode has spoke so much volume to me. It's such a reminder of you don't even know. You don't even know, ladies. This is, I'm sitting here and now in my head, I'm like, I pray that the soul seekers out there that are going to listen to this episode feel exactly what I'm feeling and even more, that their soul expand in such a beautiful way that they become a fierce surfer. We're going back to the waves now. We're not going to go on any. We're a fierce surfer, right? Yeah. And, and, and just know and believe that fear is not the future. You are the future. I am the future. And so we walk into love. Yes. Love is yes. the future. Love is the future. So when we walk, we are just going to um, give off that as if the, you know, those perfumes that they have, they, they put on, I said, the hormones or whatever. I don't know the, how I'm saying. Yeah, you know, that attract whatever. Attract, put on our love. Put on our love vibration. Let it go out there. Let it just connect to the animals. The animals will then pass it off to someone else. It's just, that's just, that's just the way it goes. Also, we talk about this a lot on our show, but it's, it's the same thing that every single one of us, has the ability to hold this space and be in this space. And anytime we have the courage to let ourselves be in it, you're giving permission for somebody else to do it. So, you know, the three of us are here doing it together. And you're right. Hopefully, as this goes to whoever's listening to it, they too will receive that because they will go and be the same and they'll go give a bunch of other people, you know, the permission to do it. And as much as, you know, we can't control everything and fix everything in the world, but we can fix right here, you know, and, and the connections we're making every day. You know, I tell Amanda, yeah, if we thought about that, every single, you know, we hold a piece of something that everyone around us can learn from and every single human being, you, that energetic exchange you have, they have something to offer you. Even if it's the guy crossing the street or the lady bagging your groceries, there is something inside their spirit that you don't have and that you have the opportunity to exchange with one another every day. It can come from fear or it can come from love. And we all know if it's coming from fear and I'm in a bad mood, I might be mad the girl didn't give me two bags instead of one. Her giving me some kind of beautiful piece of spiritual, you know, something I didn't, she didn't even know I was seeking because I was open to it. I think that's, that's the job we all have right now. That's the journey we're all on. Yeah, that is well said. Well said. As we uh, close out, do you ladies have a mantra or anything that you have kept in your heart space while you're on your fear journey or, or still on your journey of healing and still sharing with others that you want to leave? 
I'm going to tell, I'm going to volunteer Amanda right now because she has something that's amazing. I still, I keep telling her we need to write it down and have it somewhere because it's her mantra she uses like daily, right? Can you please share it? I'm volunteering you first. Okay. Hopefully it'll come out right. We tried to do this last time. It didn't come out right. Okay. So whenever I meditate, I, I start like this. I say, God, spirits, angels, archangels, master guides, higher self, please come into my heart, my mind, my body, my soul, and my spirit and possess me in a way which is indeed miraculous. Please do for me today that which I cannot do for myself. Show me what I need to, what you want me to hear, see, feel, know, and do or not do, say or not say, while on my journey toward becoming the highest version of myself, which is love, and for the highest good of the people and the world around me. Love it. Ashe, received. Oh, yes, received, received. This has been so lovely. I, I can't wait to have you on. Oh, uh, yes, please, please send an invite. <laughs> I look forward to it. I look forward to it. It might take a little while. Don't, don't, don't give up on us. We're going to get there. We're, we're doing like one guest a month right now because we're easing into the guests. So because we, we really, our listeners have said they love like the, the kind of chemistry Ginny and I have in our conversation. So Ginny, I think, is very like willing to just jump into guests. I'm a little like, I like what we have, but I want to definitely add guests in. I keep telling her, I said, Amanda, it's nothing to be afraid of. I said, it's like, we're the sandwich. We're just adding mayo. We're adding mayo to the sandwich. That's it. We're adding mayo. So we will have you for sure. For sure. Just give us time. No, you, you got it. You got next. You got until February of next year. That's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. You can take your time. But I just wanted to, to just say, I wish you both continuous blessings upon your podcast. I, I wish you both continuous blessings in your life, that your voice will never be taken, that your, your throat chakra will always be open, and that you will always be protected and in a space of clarity and connection with your higher self. That is my prayer for you too. Thank you so much. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And for all my beautiful soul seekers out there, one love. We are here holding space for you. And let's share, let's share some love today. How about that? Let's project some love out there today. All right? All right. One love, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I would be honored if you could share this episode with a friend, subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to join us every second and fourth Fridays for another exciting episode of Her Sacred Soul Space podcast. I'd love to hear your comments. You can always find me on Facebook or YouTube as Her Sacred Soul Space. Until then, one love and don't forget, see your light, be your light. Magan.